Welcome back to 10 to Win the Podcast. Before we dive into part three of Why New Year's Resolutions Fail episode, which is the interview portion, I wanted to let everyone know this episode will be slightly longer than the 10 minutes Kevin and I usually stick to. You're about to hear an amazing interview with incredible content that could truly make a difference in your life. Kevin and I felt the content was so good, there was no reason to cut any of it out to get closer to that 10-minute mark. So without further ado, please enjoy the interview portion of Why New Year's Resolutions Fail. Are you looking to get an edge in life but haven't been able to figure it out? Welcome to 10 to Win, the podcast hosted by Kevin Steidel and Jason Cullum. Give us 10 minutes of your time and we'll show you how to create a winning mindset. Welcome back to 10 to Win, the podcast, the podcast focusing on how to create a winning mindset in 10 minutes. We are back for part three of this week's episode titled Why New Year's Resolutions Fail. And on Monday, we talked about why people break their New Year's resolutions. And Wednesday, we spoke about the specific reasons why people fail at fulfilling their resolutions and how they can overcome those obstacles. Today, we have Lauren Widrick with us again, chatting about her insight on why people fail at completing their resolutions and what strategies she has in order for them to make their 2023 the best year, the most badass year of their lives. If you missed last week's episode, Lauren is a certified badass life coach for entrepreneurs, executives, and the everyday badass. She escaped an investment banking career to help over 100 people start their real life by getting out of their own way. She just wrapped up hosting her annual Grab Life by the Goals Summit, which she will add a link to the show description here at the end. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us again. How are you? I'm thrilled. I think our last episode was really useful and fun, and I can't wait to do it again here. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. We got to one, one take this again, Lauren. You were so great. Let's do the it. First time. Yes. <laughs> We've had so much uh, great feedback on last week's episode. So here we go. Let's do it again. So first thing here, Lauren, why do you think it's so easy for people to break their New Year's resolutions? Well, they're not resolute when they form them. That's number one. Mm. They see them as an attempt. I'm going to attempt to work out five days a week, or I'm going to attempt to make this much money in my business, but those goals are not unfuckable with. So here's the unfuckable with test. Would you bet somebody $10,000 or $100,000 cash money that you're going to do this thing? Mm. Cash money. That's, That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, and so that's okay. Like I, I have often set resolutions where I've I've tried and failed, and when I look back and reflect on myself, I'm like, I I I wasn't a hundred percent in. I was going to make my air quote best attempt. Let me let me kind of dive off to a, a, a side thing here, real quick, Lauren. It's interesting what you just brought up. If money was on the line, do you think, and their own money, do you think somebody would do it? Like I've now put $10,000 down on this idea that I'm going to complete this goal by May 1st. And if I don't, I lose 10,000 bucks. Do you think that that in itself would be enough motivating factor for someone to get the thing done? I mean, it certainly depends on the person, but, but yeah, it, and it's just a hypothetical question. It's like, would you put that much skin in the game? It's just, it's just a gut check for yourself. I love it though. It's a great question. It would motivate me. If yeah. somebody bet me $10,000 I couldn't do something, I would do that thing. But yeah, Absolutely. 
So, Lauren, let me ask you this. So, in your career as a life coach, right, you see you see all these people, they're making all these goals, they're making all these resolutions. The people who succeed in them have certain characteristics. Yeah. The people who fail in them have certain characteristics. Do are you seeing are you seeing the divide where the the people who aren't getting this done aren't willing to go over certain limits and and I think, you know, pretending to bet $10,000 on your own success is something that pe- some people would do and then they wouldn't take it seriously or some people just wouldn't be willing to do it because they know they weren't that resolute in it to begin with. But I mean, are you seeing the similarities on both sides of that fence? And if so, what, what are they, what are those characteristics? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I do, I, after seven years of coaching, I'm starting to see trends and patterns. Uh, one reason I see goals or resolutions fail is lack of necessity or urgency. So let me use the example of somebody starting a side hustle. They have a good on paper corporate job. They're fine. They don't love it, right? They want to start their own business, but they keep back burnering it and saying, I'll do it next year. I'll do it when this project is done. I'll do it after the kids turn five and we're out of daycare. Like we'll do it later. There's not enough urgency and it doesn't quote unquote have to happen. When you flip that switch, like it had to flip for me. I had a very good on paper job in investment banking. I made a lot of money. I could have kept riding that train. But the flip switch where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. It is now or never. And yeah. that's when it was on. Yep. So that's one key reason. It's so funny. So we're ju- we're starting a brand new semester um, at Wittenberg University where I teach entrepreneurship courses. And, and um, part of the very first couple of lessons is – do are you really serious about wanting to start your own business? No one is going to do this for you. This is not going to be at all like what you have done in your life because you you were told to go to junior high school and then when it ended, you were told to go to high school. And when it ended, you were told if you wanted to be successful and get a good job, you had to go to a good college. So then you went to college. But at this point, no one is going to drag you over that finish line for you. You are going to have to do this all yourself and you have to make you you have to get uncomfortable, right? Because everyone gets comfortable with aspects of their life, whether it's like you said, like, yeah, I have a I have a good enough job. I mean, I don't love it, but it pays the bills and I get two weeks vacation and it is what it is, right? But you really do have to get out of this your own zone and be like, no, this is what I want, right? And yeah. I think that's that is a New Year's resolution in itself for some. And, and Kevin, let me add to this, and, and let me get your take on this too, Lauren, is that you're talking about going from one place to another, but what do we call that? Let's just simplify it. It's change, right? And that in itself is a monumental task. It's a mountain, okay, that people have to climb up and then get over that peak and then come down, and it's change. Like I can sit here at the end of every year and be like, well, next year I'm going to do this, this, and this, Right. Well, it's easy to put down on paper sometimes, okay? But when those things actually come up, okay, and that change can take place, let's use a a promotion as an example. Like, oh man, I've been working really hard at this company and I want to get promoted. Well, guess what? The promotion comes with a relocation of your job, okay? Now you got to move from Dayton, Ohio to Texas. Well, I don't know anything about Texas. That's a big change. Well, you wanted it. You wanted the promotion. Now you got it. No, I think I'm content in my life. You know, like the change was there. The option and the opportunity for change was there and you didn't do it. 
because that was a monumental task that you had to overcome in order, you, you know, you wanted it, you wanted it, you wanted to be better with it. And now you're choosing not to, you're choosing to go back and be content with everything. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to complain about it, right? Like, that's not fair. So, I mean, do you agree with that, Lauren? Do you think that's a factor? 100% Jason. Yeah. And I, I'm guilty of it. My husband and I have been guilty of it over the years, but there's a phrase that um, good is the enemy of great. So when something is good enough, mm -hmm. it's very easy to justify like, well, I make six figures. I live in a nice house. Like, like Kevin was saying, like I get vacation. A lot of people are like, well, I have good benefits at work. And I'm like, oh my God, please don't let that be the reason you stay in a job you hate. But, but yeah, good and comfort can be the enemy of great. And I do think that's another blocker of goals is what I'll call fear and mind drama. Mm -hmm. So the reason people don't want to change is they're afraid. Yeah. They're desperately afraid mm -hmm. and they don't feel ready. And so at the summit, at the conference that I just hosted last weekend, um, here's what we said. I dropped this truth bomb and I didn't come up with this phrase, but ready is not a feeling. Ready is a decision. And it's all about willingness. Yeah. You don't have to know what you're doing. You just have to be willing to of take course. an action. Yep. I, I and, totally and there's there's never there's never a great time for any of this, right? I no. remember I remember when Brittany and I, or when Brittany was pregnant with our first kid, I remember somebody's telling me, I, like, oh, like this is so great, and I was like, yeah, no, we're really excited, you know. I, it it comes along at a at a time though, you know. I I had just started a business, and she was in a work transition, and you're like. And I remember kind of being like, I don't know if this is the greatest time. And yeah. like somebody was like, there's never a great time. Like there's never, ever going to be a great time for you to quit your job and start a business. There's never going to be a great time to add another kid into your family. And then and I, I think when we had uh, our first, I was like, now I know what they were talking about. Like, this is total chaos, no matter what was going on in our life. And I, and you embrace it and you're like, yeah, now I'm, I'm ready to keep going. Right. So yeah. Yeah. There's never a good time. I think another piece of this too, is what, what people need to realize is, and this is a hard concept for a lot of people is the opportunity cost of them not doing the thing. Right. So when they stay at the six figure job, because they have good benefits, what are they actually missing? And you know, our listeners are smart. Our listeners are, are hard workers. They have good ideas. They have th they they have the ability to be successful entrepreneurs that can make a fuckload more than six figures, right, Lauren? Yes. And yes. Like, th <laughs> and really, what they're they're missing that opportunity to make to really generationally change their and their families' lives. And and it's a hard concept for people to grasp that. Oh no, like. I'd be giving up a hundred thousand dollars. No, 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 no. What you're actually doing is you're giving up nine hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars because you you could be you could be making a million dollars a year, mm -hmm. right? True. Once you start this business and it's successful, you'll make a million dollars a year. You won't make a hundred thousand dollars a year, and so you're not losing a hundred thousand dollars a year when you quit your job. You're losing nine hundred thousand dollars, and so th you know that's something that I try to instill into like young college students, like you know, let's be realistic about where you're going to go here, right? You're going to take an entry level sales job out of college and the salary is going to be $45,000 a year. And 
let's face it, you could make $45,000 a year working at McDonald's or First Watch now. And so let's not, let, let's really think about the opportunity that you're losing here by not starting your business as a 21 or 22 year old. And, and where does that set you back, right? Where does that leave you when you're 30 years old? So you've got me so fired up right now. <laughs> Just... <laughs> so, yes. I yes, shouldn't yes, publicly yes. be saying that. I say that privately in the classroom, but you know, people ask, I'm like, nah, I don't I, I never said that. <laughs> Well, I'm proud of you for putting it out there. I mean, it, it, it couldn't be more true. I agree. Yeah. So, so Lauren, I, I want to revisit something. You kind of touched on it last week, and I just want to hammer it home because the crux of this episode is really why folks' resolutions fail. And, you know, you have so much experience giving advice. And once again, I want to hammer that home. So what, what advice, again, would you give um, them when they're trying to set up um, or maybe they've already established the resolutions, but more importantly, what advice would you give them in order to access their inner badass? Okay. And then really go after these things with the intent to succeed and not fail. Yeah, it's a great question. So we touched a little bit on driving up the necessity and urgency. Um, we touched a little bit on the mind drama and the fear of change. I also want to talk about support. Because when you have a big goal, it's nearly impossible to do it by yourself in a vacuum. At least I can't. I do this shit. I teach this shit. And I cannot do anything without a lot of support, like Team Lauren in my life helping me out here. So whatever it is that you want to do, whether it is a fitness routine or get a new home or travel, trying to do it all alone is going to burn you out and you're going to grind to a halt for the most part. So where do you need support in your life? Is it, um, I'll speak to my fellow working moms, like, do you need help in the household? Is that what's holding you back? Do you need help with your mindset? Do you need a therapist or a coach? Do you need people who get you? Does you do you feel alone in your goal? Do you need a community of people doing big, similar things, right? Do you need training? <laughs> do you need somebody to teach you how to build the thing that you need to build? You, you may be stuck because you're trying to do it alone and fill in the gaps that you have by yourself, which is almost impossible. So now, I would take a good hard look at your support systems. I, I love that because it is virtually impossible to accomplish incredible things all by yourself. You need that support system. It'd be like, okay, I'm going to go out and build a house right now. But if I have no background in construction, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now, but I can call somebody. Right. So that's kind of where you're at. Like, I have this goal and I know I have this intention of, of, of getting there, but I need to call Lauren and I need to call somebody else. Okay. To, to help me get through this. And that's okay. Okay. Sometimes we, as humans, we're reluctant to ask for help. Sometimes I work in an industry that a lot of guys are reluctant to ask for help sometimes in the fire service, but it's there. And, and, you know, you, your offerings and your team and, and life coaches in general, it's a, it's a great thing. I love this Lauren, because I, <clears throat> I love dearly a good friend of mine and she's a business life coach. Her name's Mindy Morrow. Shout out to Mindy Morrow. And Mindy, the first time I ever met Mindy, she mentioned this quote. I'm going to kind of butcher it, but you're going to love it. She said, never trust a life coach who doesn't have their own life coach. I and agree. I love, I know. And I love that you've mentioned your own life coach several different times, Lauren. So that's fantastic. Let me give you guys a real life example. So you have kindly mentioned that I just hosted a summit, which was a big conference and a hotel ballroom. We had eight speakers, you know, the whole thing. And I joked on stage. I, we did a session on this support. 
And I said, guys, you're all thanking me for putting this thing on. I barely did anything. In, in all reality, like my team executed. I had a marketing firm helping me with that. I had sponsors show up. I had, I, you know, I had eight speakers. They did a lot of the marketing for me. I did not know how to throw a conference of this scale. All I did was say, I'm doing this. I'm resolute. I'm unfuckable with. This is happening. <laughs> Who can help me? Because I don't know how to do this. And, and that is why it worked was because if I tried to do this myself, it would have been a total flop. It's a team Love effort, it. right? Team effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So listeners want to become a badass, right? Um, why don't you, why don't you give them an example of a, of a specific resolution that they could make for themselves this new year to start becoming a badass? What's one thing they can do? I'd say the most powerful thing you can do is find a squad, find people who are doing similar things, or at least things of similar scale. Because if you're doing big shit, if you're breaking out of the status quo, a lot of people in your life are going to look at you like you have three heads. And you need to find people who are doing big things because they're also going to be stumbling. There is no path to a big goal that comes without failure. And if you don't have people who get that and are like, no, man, brush yourself off, get back up, go again, then you're going to, you're going to shrink away from your goal. So find like-minded people. You know, they say that you're the average of the six people you spend the most time with. Take a look at that inner circle and level it up. Find people who are ahead of you, who are where you want to be, who are willing to to share their knowledge with you. And I promise you, your life will transform. So, so go ahead, Kev. Did you have something? No, I just was going to say that's, that's great. It's phenomenal advice. Yeah. So let me, let me throw a little, I, I wouldn't even say it's a twist, but it's, it's a, it's a tentacle of what we've been saying here. Right. And it, I'm hoping it's not going to be a super difficult question, but I think it's one that the listeners um, who are just getting started with their New Year's resolutions or at least trying to modify them are going to want to know. So if people are putting together New Year's resolutions, some are so crazy, like so unfathomable, unrealistic, like it's off the top. You know, I I want to be, you know, playing for the Cincinnati Bengals next week. Okay, I I know I'm pretty good, you know, like probably unrealistic or they try and create the simplest of resolutions like, you know what, I'm going to walk 1000 steps today, you know, like that's simply going from your fridge to your couch three times. Right. You know, so that's something that they can complete. But the point is, is here is where do you think people's resolutions should be? You know, like hard, simple, you know, I know that everyone might say in the middle, I don't know, but you know, where do you think everyone's resolution should be when they're trying to plan for the upcoming year? I believe there are two types of goal blueprints. So there are those of us who are activated by unreasonable goals. I am one of these people. So when I planned this conference recently, my goal was 300 people in the room. Guess how many I got? 100. Great. It was still a raving success, but if I would have made the goal 100, it's quite possible we would have had 40 people in the room. Mm, the cool. bigger the goal, the more activated I am. So you that didn't take that as a failure. Person. You didn't take that as a failure at all because it's not. I didn't. Yes. I didn't because that's my blueprint. I, you know, my first $50,000 cash month, I actually had set a $100,000 goal that month and that's, I failed by 50%, but it was my highest cash month ever at that time. Great point. I hope everyone's listening to this. This is yeah. awesome. But I want to point out there's a, there's a second blueprint. There's a second type of person for whom that would be, that would feel like a crushing failure and it would eat away at their confidence. So I don't have that issue. I'm like, shit, I made more money than I've ever made before. I don't care if I said a hundred and it was 50. Yay. There are people who would beat themselves up 
to the end of the earth over that. And for those people, they gain confidence by by creating incremental realistic goals and then celebrating that win and getting incrementally bigger. Yeah. So it depends on who you are. Right. Get 50 people in the room. And then when they have 100, they're like, I nailed that, right? Absolutely. And yeah. so you have to know yourself and set the type of goal that's going to make you feel empowered and not beat yourself up. Yeah. That's funny because I am like you, Lauren. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Jason and I set goals on the, on the podcast. Oh, we want to have this many reviews or this many downloads or this many listeners. And, and I'm like, Oh yeah, like 5,000 listeners. And then we have 3000 and I'm like, man, like 3000 people listen to this. That's amazing. And I think Jason is on the other side of the spectrum where he's like, no, 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 no. We said we wanted 5,000. This is a huge disappointment. Right. And so um, you know, but we're hitting success I, I, points along the way, you know, like that's, absolutely. that's the encouraging aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if we had this goal and yet here we are, you know, and, and I know we're talking about 2023 here, but let's, let's go back and say, well, you know, I've had three months, five months, six months, and I'm not making any progress. That would be start to have a mental toll, you know, on some people here, but it's not the point where you should give up. It just means like, well, I gotta, I gotta dig deeper here. Right. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get down, get a little dirty in the mud and let's figure this thing out because our strategy is right. not working. You know, we gotta, we gotta change strategies here. Yeah. I just happen to think that setting a quantum goal forces quantum solutions. And here's what I mean. I'll keep using my conference because it's fresh. Let's say I set a goal for my next conference to have a thousand people. Now my last one only had a hundred. So that would be a 10x goal. I cannot do the same things times 10. It's physically impossible. I'm going to have to do radically different things. I'm going to have to reach out to bigger speakers. I'm going to have to invest more in ads. Like there's things, there's, it's just different set of activities to get to a thousand. I'm going to have to network with influencers. I'm going to have to, I don't know yet, right? But the same thing I did, all the DMing on Instagram and all the, no, that's not going to work for a thousand people. Hey, I got a couple of guys tend to win podcast uh, folks here. Just (laughs) my goal, my goal, if you invite me to come speak at the summit, my goal would be to like lose weight before that thing happened. And then that we could be accomplishing goals together. Okay. Now we're talking about goal stacking. That's That's a quantum solution. That's a whole other episode. Probably girl. I love it. Oh, you guys are always welcome to speak. I mean, I, the audience would love that. I, like I said, I'm, I'm newly addicted to your show, and I want to share you with everybody. That's love that's that. awesome. All right, Lauren, how are you going to keep your resolutions? I think I know the answer to this already, but tell the listeners how exactly you're going to stay on top of your resolutions and goals in 2023. It's two things. It's Team Lauren, right? So I have my own coach. I have my squad. My goals are written down. They're conspicuous. I emailed those three things that I'm doing this year. I've emailed them out to my whole marketing email list. Like it's out there. Awesome. But the main thing is what's called the happiness advantage. So that's the name of a book by Sean Acor, the Harvard researcher. But the ultimate performance hack is happiness. There's all kinds of data behind this. So if reaching your goals doesn't bring you joy, A, you're not going to get there as fast as you possibly could. And B, it's going to suck. So I'm going to be focusing on on sheer joy, happiness, elation, pride, all of those good feelings. And that's going to be the ultimate edge for me. That is that's great. such awesome advice there, uh, you know, from her personally out to all of you guys. And so that's really going to conclude uh, part three of our New Year's resolutions fail series. This has been awesome chatting with you, Lauren, and learning your expert ways to become a badass 
Hey, speaking of badasses, if you want to hear Kevin and I again, we'll be back right here on Monday for a brand new episode. Uh, Also, if you just have one minute, we would love for everyone to rate and review the podcast. That helps get the podcast to more folks like you. And finally, as always, if you are impacting or influencing just one person a day, it's worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to learn a winning mindset. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. This was great. So good. Thanks for taking the time to create a winning mindset. Remember, we'll release a new episode every Monday. So be sure to start your week off right by listening to 10 to Win. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast. And remember, if you're impacting or influencing one person a day, it's worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to create a winning mindset. Yeah. Yeah.